Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues have played one out of their 82 regular season games. Is that enough to make predictions for the rest of the season and beyond? Absolutely not. Are we going to do it anyways? You betcha. Today's episode is all about game one overreactions, hot takes. If this game was an indication of the rest of the year, which it may or may not be, what can you take away from it? Should be a fun episode. Should be a little bit different from what I usually do. Hope you all enjoy. Stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, as always, Josh Hyman. If this is your first time joining the show, welcome. It's a good time to be joining. The regular season just started for the St. Louis Blues, and they had a great start. They had a really fun start. Uh, if you're returning to the show, thanks for coming back. Thanks for making Locked On Blues your first listen. You should know the drill by this point. Hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on because it is completely 100% free to do so. Also hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Blues YouTube channel. Uh, Getting really, really, really close to 500 subscribers. There's a chance that I might already be there by the time this episode goes live. But if not, hit that subscribe button. You could be subscriber number 500. And for that, I will give you a high five if I ever meet you in person. That is a promise right there. Um, but yeah, thanks for making Lockdown Blues your first listen. Making me part of your daily routine. Appreciate it. The, the viewership, listenership has been pretty good since the regular season has started. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, so let's just jump into it. I didn't really come up with a solid plan for this episode. I kind of wanted to just stay true to the word and make, make it some overreactions. You know, if if we were to assume that game one is a complete and true indicator for the rest of the regular season, then what what hot takes can we have? What um what what overreactions can we take away? And I got a couple in my mind. They might turn into some other ones, but um yeah, let's just let's just jump into it. The first overreaction I have isn't completely set to the St. Louis Blues. It's more of an overall standings thing, and that is the St. Louis Blues will definitely finish in the top two of the Central Division after seeing the start of the regular season. Again, disclaimer, these are hot takes, overreactions to Game 1. Um, nothing nothing set in stone. I don't want you to clip that and be like, oh my god, overreacting after Game 1. But yeah, that's the point of the episode. I'm overreacting. But anyways, here's here's why I think that's a case if what we've seen in the first now seven days of the regular season um, holds true. Fact number one, the Colorado Avalanche are still the Colorado Avalanche. They've looked good. They've been scoring goals. Yeah, their team is a little bit depleted, but they're still, you know, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. They're going to be just as good this year as they were last year. Fact number two. The St. Louis Blues look really, really good as well. Like I said, only 60 minutes of play, but they look pretty much identical to the team that we saw at the end of last season, and that's a good thing. The team that we saw at the end of last season is a team that was scoring a ton of goals, 
playing good enough defense compared to how they started the season and was getting good goaltending out of Jordan Binnington when he was healthy, a team that beat the Colorado Avalanche in two games, almost beat them in three games in that playoff series. Um, So that's a good thing. And then reason number three is the Minnesota Wild, who were my pick to compete with the Blues for that two spot in the Central Division, look absolutely atrocious. The Minnesota Wild look so bad. Their offense is fine, but my goodness, is their defense just horrible. Horrible. They've given up, I think, 20 goals through their first three games or something like that. That might be that might have been changed. You know, they might be playing tonight. I don't remember. I haven't checked. Um, but Flurry has given up, I think, 11 goals in his first two starts. Um, they got blown out in every single one of their games. They look horrible. And I think on paper, at least, that they're the, uh, this, you know, a top three team in the Central Division. Now, could another team in the Central take their spot and battle for the Blues for the second spot? Yeah, maybe. But I think the Blues and the Avalanche are, on paper, far and away the two best teams in the division based off of what the Wild's first three games have shown. Obviously, things could change. But as of right now, the Wild do not look like they're in the same tier as the Avalanche um, or of the as the Blues, much less the Avalanche. You know, if you put the Avalanche in S tier, you can put the Blues in A tier, and then the Wild. They're like, who knows where they're at based on their start. So because of that, I think it's it's a race for race for third between the rest of the teams in the Central. Um, again, this time next week, the Wild could have won five in a row, the Blues could have lost three in a row, and the Avs could have lost three in a row, and you could be wrong. But based on the way that the season has started. If you wanted the Blues to to have less competition in the Central, you've got yourself the best start you could ask for. Their biggest competition, not named the Colorado Avalanche, have been horrendous so far. So that is my first hot take, first overreaction. Again, take it with a grain of salt. The whole purpose of this episode is to stretch the stretch reality and say things that aren't necessarily true, but could be argued based on the start of the regular season hopefully you understand the concept of the episode by now that one's more of the most kind of inflammatory not even not the most but one of the more out there takes and one of the more takes that could you know get squashed in a week the the next few that i have are a little bit more down to earth a little bit more realistic but still i thought i think it's a fun episode i think you know you could come back to this episode in a couple months and be like oh he's a genius or I could be wrong on like literally every single thing I'm going to say. That's that's the fun of it. That's that's what I do. I put myself out there. I, I trust myself. I let you guys hear my thoughts, hear my takes. And sometimes I'm right, but a lot of times I'm wrong. So that being said, I got a couple more hot takes over reactions for you guys for the rest of this episode. But before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about our old friends, the classic, the OG sponsor, Built Bar, and one of their newer products that I've talked to you guys about, Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a brand new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. So let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You get all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, which like every time I try to make cookie dough, I just end up eating the raw cookie dough and feeling like feeling not so great after so it's a good alternative um cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them run to built.com snag a box for you and the family it will be the perfect treat or you can find a really good hiding place just hoard them for yourself 
you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout or a late night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order. I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, let's continue with the hot takes, with the overreactions. Again, one game into the season. But, hey, if the Blues go out and play that exact same way for 81 more games and they win all their games, uh, just like they won that game, then these will all come true. Um, Joking aside, though, I think these next two hot takes are more realistic, if not a little bit of a stretch. Um, And the first one I got for you guys is about our, our boy, my former and still probably current, but my former favorite athlete on the planet, still probably my favorite player on the Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko. Controversial, polarizing player lately, all the trade rumors, all the drama, all that stuff. But one thing about Vladimir Tarasenko, no matter what the story in the news about him is, no matter what the contract situation is, no matter who he's playing against, no matter who he's playing with, he does one thing really well. And that is score goals. Back when Vladimir Tarasenko was a rookie, back when I started watching the Blues, it, I was like, man, this this guy is destined to score 50 goals in the NHL. He's got such a quick release, such a hard shot. Uh, such, he's on such a talented team. He's so young. He's going to get 50 goals one day. And it just didn't happen. Um, he got close-ish at times. Uh, he was on pace at times, but injuries really derailed that. Um, and he kind of just plateaued around that mid to high 30s mark, uh, 40 sometimes-ish. He was on pace for 40 last year, uh, but didn't quite get there. So my hot take is this year, and this is something if you've been listening to the show, I think I've probably already said this, but this is confirmed after game one. Tarasenko's going for 50 this year. This is his year. I believe this, truly. This is, this is I think, if you come back to this video in a couple months to see if I was right or wrong, this is the one that I would put my money on the most. And I think it's also one of the most outlandish because scoring 50 goals in the NHL is really hard to do. Now, scoring was up last year, uh, and it's looking like it might continue to be up this year. But even then, scoring 50 is hard to do. Only a handful of guys do it each year, you know, uh, two, three, four. Can he be one of those guys this year? I think so, and here's why. And these are the points I've made before, but they're with, with some exceptions due to uh, the first game. Number one. He's a tremendous goal scorer. We know that. We know that's his number one talent. Uh, similar to Alex Ovechkin, that's where he just goes out there and scores goals. He can score goals in a multitude of ways. He's got a good wrist shot. He's got a good snapshot. He can score on the power play. He can score on breakaways. He can score you know, on two-on-ones. Not so much the one-timer, but he can score in a multitude of ways. That is that is his, if you want to call him a one-trick pony, which eh, I don't know if you can, his one trick is pretty darn good. Um, reason number two. He is in a contract year. And if you believe the rumors about Vladimir Tarasenko that he wants to go somewhere else, that he thinks he deserves a big payday, even if he doesn't want to go somewhere else, if he if you think he deserves a big payday, if he thinks he's underpaid right now making $7.5 million, which he probably is for his caliber of player, um, and also considering he's a player that um, kind of relies on how much he's engaged to his production, when Vladimir Tarasenko's at his worst, he's not only is he not scoring goals, he's not engaged. 
uh, and he's play, he plays a little lazy. Um, but when he's at his best, he's engaged. He's putting in effort every single shift, and he scores more goals as a result. And what does a player that wants to prove to other teams that he's healthy, he's still an elite talent, he's still a superstar, or maybe prove to the Blues that he's still a superstar, he's still the face of this team. Um, he gets, you know, he 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 deserves all the money he could want. How do you prove that? You stay engaged every single game, eighty-two games, and he looked so engaged in game one. Uh, he looked like it was the playoffs, you know. He was incredibly determined. He was all over the ice, and you could see it in his goal celebrations. Just watch the way he reacted after that first goal. You you would have thought he scored the overtime winner in the playoffs. Um, he's always been a super passionate guy with that sort of thing, but it it felt different. That was one of the, in my memory, one of the one of the most intense regular season goal celebrations we've seen from Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, and and he knows it's a contract year. He knows his situation. He knows whether or not he wants to go somewhere else. And he knows that there's speculation. He got, Look, he got exposed in the expansion draft and didn't get taken because of the concerns around his injury and all that stuff. Um, and he wants to prove that he is fully healthy and capable of being a superstar in this league. And he probably wants to score 50 goals too. You know, they players say that they don't care about those things, but they do. That's a milestone that a lot of players want to reach and few players ever do. And I'm, that's something that he has talked about in the past. Years and years ago, he said he wants to score 50 goals, and he's never done it. And this might be the healthiest he's been in a long time with the St. Louis Blues and also the most determined he's ever been with the St. Louis Blues. I really think there's a chance that Vladimir Tarasenko goes out and scores 50 this year. Um, and who knows? Could it be the team MVP? Who knows? I, I think he is coming in with a vengeance. Um, the most determined we've maybe ever seen him. Unfortunately, you know, that being a contract here, you, you wish it would be just he's always this determined, but you'll take what you can get. And I think he looked incredibly engaged in that first night, in that first game. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching him play this season. I'm looking forward to watching him continue to score, continue to rack up the numbers and reach that 50 milestone for the first time in his career. That being said, got one or two more hot takes that I want to I want to let loose, want to take off, take out of the brick oven and present to you guys. I'm going to give that to you after one more short break. Be right back. All right. couple more hot takes. And I'm kind of going less and less scalding as we go throughout the episode. Um, another hot take. This is sort of a shorter one. And this isn't really so much of a hot take because it was kind of true last year. Uh, I think special teams is going to continue to be the Blues, maybe their sneaky, underrated number one asset. Um, And they proved that in game one. They were top five in power play and penalty kill last year. Um, And the special teams looked great uh, in game one. You know, I said at the beginning of the episode that the Blues almost look identical to how they did when they finished last year, and special teams was a big part of that. Now, the hot take comes in where I say, I think they could be top three in both. And that's that would be insane. I don't even know if that's ever happened if a team has finished the regular season top three in power play and penalty kill. But their power play is tremendous. Tory Krug being a quarterback on that on that power play is like guaranteed goal fifty percent of the time. If Tarasenko continues to um, you know score a ton of goals like I predicted, he's going to continue to help that power play. Jake Neighbors on that second power play could help. Braden Shen being fully healthy could help. All that all those things. The one thing that kind of makes this more of a hot take is the fact that David Perron was the Blues' leading scorer on the power play last year in terms of goals. 
and he obviously departed the team so they got to fill that hole fill that void that's 11 goals that they're missing I believe the total was so that's why maybe it's a little bit more of a hot take and then the penalty kill obviously you say oh the Blues defense isn't all that good how can they have a a number one rank or a top three ranked penalty kill well they do have Ryan O'Reilly who is arguably the second best two-way center in the NHL um, after Patrice Bergeron who's probably not probably who's the greatest two-way center of all time so you know only so much O'Reilly can do there they and they've got a lot of other forwards that are good two-way players um, that fill that role well that can play the penalty kill really well Um, so yeah I mean that's like I said a little bit less scalding of a hot take but um, realistically I could see them being top five in each at the end of the season but top three is attainable if they play perfect um, throughout the whole season and hey you never know you never know it's possible it's possible let's see uh, another hot take I think Colton Pareko returns to form for the full season I think how do I want to phrase this because I still think Justin Falk is the best defenseman on the St. Louis Blues here let's, 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 put, let's put it this way Justin Falk has a lower floor, but Colton Pareko has a higher ceiling. So Justin Falk is much is is more likely to be a better player than Colton Pareko throughout the season. But if Colton Pareko plays to his maximum potential, he has the potential to not only be better than Justin Falk, but he has the potential to be a true number one defenseman in the NHL. I don't think he'll quite get there this season. But I think we could see more of a 1A, 1B situation similar to what we saw out of Alex Petrangelo and Colton Pareko in that cup run. Is Justin Falk on the same level as Alex Petrangelo? Unfortunately, no. Could Colton Pareko become the 1A in this situation where he was the 1B uh, to Alex Petrangelo? Absolutely. I think he looked very, very solid in game one i think i saw some things out of him that are encouraging for the long term i think he was playing very sound defense i think he did a very good job of playing playing his position well and he looked very comfortable playing with nick letty on his pairing it seems like one of the biggest things i always talk about with golden breako is the fact that he struggles because he has he has so much trouble uh keep it not not it's his fault but he is he just doesn't play consistently with the same d partner last season or the season before um and that's like you know there's only so much you can do you know he's playing a different role depending on who he plays with and if he's able to play with nick letty the whole season then he knows what he's going to do night in night out he can get comfortable he can get confident um and he also was shooting the puck a lot more he didn't get any shots on goal but he was teeing up slap shots a lot and if he can start getting those pucks on net, racking up assists, racking up some goals, um, and add an offensive layer to his game without having to, you know, sort of be a two-way defender in the sense that he's using, he's breaking the puck out, he's skating through the neutral zone, et cetera, et cetera. He can be a really complete defenseman in the sense that Justin Falk is. And if Colton Brago can return to form, um, and in all of these things that I said happen, and that's sort of what I've been building up to this episode, if all of those three things happen, as well as some other things, you know, the offense continues to be extremely good. We get that sort of that 920 goal scorer offense that we got last season. You know, you slide in Jake Neighbors for David Perron. Is Jake Neighbors going to get 20 goals? Probably not, but like, dang, that would be really cool. Um, if the offense is good, as good as it was last year, if the defense is as good as it was at the tail end of last year, if Vladimir Tarasenko scores 50 goals, um, if Jordan Binnington continues to play steady, like he did against Colorado and like he did in game one. And if Colton Pareko returns to form, is able to be a 1A or 1B defenseman along with Justin Falk, the St. Louis Blues are a dark horse Stanley Cup contender. And I don't think that's super unrealistic. 
You know, hockey playoffs, it's not like the NBA where you know you know who's going to be in the finals at the beginning of the year. Um, any team that makes the playoffs has a realistic shot at winning the Stanley Cup. We've seen that in the past. We've seen that, heck, with the St. Louis Blues in 2019. We've seen that with the LA Kings when they were in eight seed. Um, we've seen plenty of examples of it in the past. And if only a couple of those hot takes come to fruition that I mentioned, then the St. Louis Blues have a really, really good chance of being that sleeper dark horse team and making a return to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 2019. I know, isn't that great to say? The first time since 2019? But before that, we were saying the first time since, I don't even remember when. So that being said, those are my hot takes. Those are my predictions. I hope you all enjoyed. I hope you all agree with me or disagree with me. Either way, let me know in the comments on YouTube or on Twitter at LockedOnBlues, or you can let me know on my personal Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you all so much for listening, though. Make sure you follow or subscribe whatever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, getting really close to 500. Thank you all so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.